Okay, hello everybody. Good evening. It's, uh, yeah, just making sure it's off. Uh, this, this morning when Pastor Mike stood up to preach, I just, um, that verse of scripture just jumped out at me where the, the king of Syria was frustrated because Israel kept finding out his plans and I was thinking, he's been hiding in my cave somewhere. <laughs> I, might, I might take this down. Well, yeah, just welcome here, everybody tonight, and um, I'm just so excited about what I've got to share with you. Um, it didn't start off like this, but I just felt God bringing this more and more to the forefront, and, and all the scriptures that I kept getting were just so big and, and, and powerful in my life. Um, if, if you turn to your, to your Bible in, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, is, is what we're going to start with, and the title of my message is Choosing to Finish Strong, Choosing to Finish Strong. You know, every day we are, we are faced with situations where we've got to choose. We've got to choose to get to work on time. We've got to choose to eat, otherwise we go hungry. We've got to choose. There's so many things we get to choose about, to be grumpy or to be happy. And, and so, so at the end of the day, the choice that we make is, is, is quite important. We might not have chosen the abuses or the injustices that have gone on in our life, but the, the response that we make once they have happened, that's, that's where we find ourselves in life. So in Deuteronomy 30 verse 19, it says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life. Life. That's what we want to talk about tonight. So there were three like major choices in my life that I had to make that significantly altered the life I was living. And the first one was offense. Offense. In Matthew, it says, woe to the world because of offense. The next bit says that offense must come. So, you know, for me, it was realizing that being a Christian wasn't keeping offense out, but that offense was going to be a part of my life, and I, and I needed to deal with it when it came. So it was quite ironic because me giving my life to God started off with an offense. I got offended. And um, I, I was growing up, I'd grown up in a Catholic church. I'd always gone to church. I, I've always believed in God. I kind of like lived a life that I was saved on Sunday, but lived like I was going to hell the rest of the week, okay? I, my life was filled with programs in the church, but outside of that, it wasn't, there was no relationship. And um, what had happened was I'd had a girlfriend, and we had broken up, and my safe environment came crashing down. And, and, and by that, what I mean is, Suddenly, I felt like everybody in the church was ignoring me. Nobody wanted to, to talk to me. When I greeted them, I felt like they didn't greet me. And now looking back, I, I can see that it was wrong. That wasn't the situation. But at the time, it, it was, this is terrible. Her father was somebody who I considered to be like a big shot in the parish, you know. And, but, but he was my boss as well. You know, I had to work with him. He was, and not just my, my team leader boss. He was... The big boss, like the big boss of what is, okay? And, and so, so my life became crashing down. I felt betrayed, and, and I decided. I decided I was going to leave the church. If this is what church is about, if this is how people behave, then I'm leaving. And I, and I knew in my heart that was wrong. That, that was stinking thinking. But I just knew that I had to get out of there. And, and the betrayal turned to rage. And before long, the bad life that I was leading was diabolical, you know, and, and I actually looked up that word the other day, and diabolical means hellish or of the devil, you know, and, and when I look back in my life, 
that's what my life was. It, it was diabolical. I was um, quite into sport. I had this philosophy in life, work hard, play hard, drink hard. And, and I lived it hard. I was working 18 hours. If I wasn't at work, I was running 10Ks or biking 70, or I was uh, at the clubs with the guys just absolutely getting hammered. And I just remember going to work um, on after-hours call-outs, and I was absolutely drunk. And I'd have to go past security, sign in, go through the turnstile, fix, fix something, and come out. And I'd think to myself afterwards, how did I get through that? How did they not stop me? How was I not fired? And I, I guess I just came to realization that my life was probably at the lowest it's ever been when, when two significant things happened. And the first one was, I, I said to my workmates, one of my, my bosses, he was just the, the, the boss of my department, I, I said, and he was a nice guy, he was genuine, like a father figure. I said to the guys I was working with, if he fell down and had a heart attack right now, I would kick him in the ribs and walk away. And I meant it. And when I'd said it, I thought, yeah, that is bad. You know, what's going on? But anyway, life just carried on, and I had to go to the doctor. It was, I had some relationships with women, and, and it came to a point where I had to have a test to find out if I had HIV AIDS. And for a week, I had to wait for that result of that bad choice that I made. And, and I didn't know if I was going to die sooner than what I should. And when I left, the, 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 the doctor gave me a prescription and a couple of days later, some of my workmates came to me. And they said to me, Brett, are you all right? And I actually, I was feeling great. <laughs> I said to them, yeah, I'm feeling great. Why did you say that? And they said, because you're so happy. And, and that was kind of like the gong, you know, the final gong going off in my mind. And, and just shortly after that, a friend invited me to Alpha, to an Alpha course. And I remember going to this little conservative Baptist church where they ran Alpha. And, and Nicky Gumble just standing up there, and he was... He was just sharing his heart before he became a Christian. And, um, and I just remember sitting there listening to and thinking, man, I can relate to that. He would tell stories of how when he saw Happy Cleppies walking into the, the university mess, how he would be out the other door. And I'm thinking, I can relate to that. And, and there was just so much more. And, and so it wasn't long after that. Probably about a year after I walked out of church, I phoned the pastor up and I said to him, I, I need to have a chat to you. And after the, the appointment... At the end of the point, we got down on our knees, and, and I asked Jesus into my life. Now, that's got to be a great decision, don't you think? You know, I still remember the day. It was a Tuesday, and it was the 16th of February, 1999. It was significant. So just, I, I lay before you life and death, curses and blessing. Choose life, okay? Choose life. Often when I'm going through stuff in my life, I just like to find somebody in the Bible who, somebody who went through what I went through or is going through, and, and I like to find out how they deal with it. And, and you're going to find out through tonight that it's always David. Whenever I, I look for somebody, I tend to go to David. And there were so many opportunities that David had to be offended with people. Um, when, when his wife laughed at him because he was dancing in front of the ark, he could have got offended, but he didn't. When um, his men wanted to stone him because the town that they were living in got sacked and, they, and the women and children were taken away, he didn't. He just turned to God. When he saved the city of Cala, and, and the people were going to hand him over to Saul. He could have been offended with him, but he didn't. He always made a choice. And, and these choices were, God, what is your opinion in this? What do you want me to do now? Father, what do I do now? And, and every time I've followed those things, I've just felt the hand of God over my life. I've just felt favor coming around me. And the situation, the, the cloud parts in the situation is just amazing. The second thing that, that 
uh, decision that I went, that I made was choosing to believe the best in everyone. You know, if you're somebody who's offended pretty easily like myself, offenses come pretty quickly, okay? You know, I, I have expectations that you will perform in a certain way, and when you don't, you know, I get quite aggro. But I, I read a book. It was the autobiography uh, of General Robert E. Lee, and he was, he was the general of the losing army in the American Civil War, okay? He was the guy that when the president, um, Jefferson Davis, came to him and said to him, who do you recommend for a particular post? It was pretty significant. And without a hesitation, he just said, Robert Longstreet. I think he was a captain at the time. General Robert Longstreet was the guy that he wanted. And when his men, when the guys, his confidants, came and found out about it, they said to him, what are you thinking? This guy hates your guts. And he just turned around to them flatly and said, the president didn't ask me what he thought of me. He asked me what I thought of him. And this is pretty significant because um, there was a particular team leader that I had the privilege of working with. And really, he was a nasty piece of work. He was a guy that if you spend $10 of his budget or $10,000 of his budget, the response was the same. He was constantly belittling you and telling you you're not paid to think, but yet he gave you no option but to make decisions. And when things turned to custard, then you were out on your own. You know? And even if they weren't your fault, if you felt a bit intimidated, he'd still come down and hammer you. And I just determined, when, when I first got into this department, I, I, my first reaction was, are they trying to get rid of me? You know, if they want to fire me, just tell me and I'll leave, you know. But I just purposed, you know what? This is a God-appointed man. And I began to go into his offices in the morning. And I began to say to them, uh, to, into the office, I began to pray prayers of blessing, to say to God, you know, Lord, this is a man of favor. I declare favor of his life. I just pray that his finances would be amazing, that his life with his wife and kids, that his heart um, would change to the people around him. I began to just speak these things out, all these things that I wanted in my life. And I began to choose to see if there was any gold. I, I just said, I, I don't care if I can't see it. The fruit on the tree is rotten, but inside is gold. And, and just like somebody panning for gold, you know, when you see them for days and maybe even weeks or months, they're panning in the, in the rivers for gold. And then suddenly there's a sparkle that catches the eye, you know. And it's kind of like they take it. They don't shout straight away. They, you see, they take a bite. You know, is this real? Yeah, yeah, you know. Like, and then they want to show everybody. And I just, in my mind, thought, you know, whether it's one year, whether it's 10 years down the line, there's got to be some gold in this guy's life. And it wasn't long after that. In fact, I ended up on the nasty side of it. Getting, um, I was summoned to disciplinary inquiry for gross negligence. And if you don't know what gross negligence means, it's just... I purposely and willfully went to damage or sabotage company equipment. Now, all this, that was, it was wrong, and when it came to the inquiry, I got kicked out. But, but that damaged me, and there was a point there where I could have chosen to turn away and say, you know what, I'm not going to pray for you anymore. In fact, you know, I hope that you die, <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't, you know. I, I just thought to myself, you know, I cannot have gone this far treating this guy as, as absolutely nice as possible, you know, just valuing him as a person the whole time, as a man of God, without, and, and, I mean, I just cannot change the way I, I operate now, because it will break my testimony with him, and fortunately, later on that year, I got, we got to go camping, and we were camping next to some people, and you get to know them, and, and you start talking about all sorts of things, and the thing of work came up, and where do you work, and oh, do you know this person, do you know that person, and, and the whole time, I'm just just saying, to, oh, and I love working at Waddy's. You know, I love that there's 700 people there and season it doubles. You know, I love people and, 
you know, and, and they came to this person. You know, what about Joe Bloggs? And I thought to myself, for a nanosecond, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> what do I say? But then I just began to say things like, you know what, he, he's a hard nut, but he has invested so much in me. I've been able to grow as a person. Um, he's been able to bring things out of me that I didn't even know existed. And the more I began to share about that, the quieter the conversation got until I stopped. <laughs> and said, why, do you know him? <laughs> How do you know him? And, 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 he, and she said, he's my brother-in-law. And, and my, my, I wanted to cry. It became that emotional. I just thought to myself, oh, my word, I could have slipped up so easily. And things would have got back to him, and my testimony would have been broken. But then she began to share with me. She said, do you know, do you know that when my younger sister died, him and his wife were the people that gathered us in like chicks and looked after us. They put everything aside. No cost was too much. For them, it was it was." It was just such a powerful testimony, and, and, and there was that gold. <laughs> there was that bit of gold, you know. It was like, thank you, thank you so much. I was so grateful for that. And then, and then it, it was a year after that I got, I got to see it for myself, where somebody in our department developed cancer, and they were dying. And in the last weeks of this guy's life, he came around him and his partner, and just supported them and loved them. And everybody in the department stood up and took notice. And I just thank God. I thank God. You know, you choose between life and death. You know, your words carry life and death. What you speak is what is going to happen. The third thing, the third thing, never. Never, never give up. Never give up. I remember... Here in New Zealand, walking to work. Yeah, I either walk to work or I bike to work. But in my mind, this always sticks when I'm walking. There were voices in my head. Voices where they were saying, give up. Just give up. It's too hard. Give up. And I, I remember just speaking to Pastor Doug and saying, I'm always hearing these voices. But, but it's, I've always said, never. I will never give up. I'll never give up. But they, they were always there. Just give up. It's too hard. It's too hard. But I mean, I, I've had a revelation of if I ever gave up, then the devil would kick me harder when I'm down. You know, he's not going to let you get up again. He doesn't want you back where you were before. And so the one day I just remember, just I mean, times were hard, just battling at work and, and, and things weren't so good. And I remember just sitting on King Street and, and with my head in my hands in front of what he's thinking, I'm, I'm an imposter. They're going to they're gonna find me out and they're going to sack me. I'm an imposter. And I mean, it was a lot of rubbish. I knew it was a lot of rubbish. But the whole time I'm thinking that, it was just so real. And then I would realize, I just had this revelation one day that my eyes are not on God. Your eyes are on God, Brett. Put your eyes on God. So as soon as I took my eyes off my circumstance and I put my eyes on God, it was just, okay, I could get up again and I could continue working. But it came to a point. I was walking down Nelson Road. I just crossed the, the, the traffic lights by St. Auburn and going towards Countdown and, and the voice was there. Oh, just give up. It's so hard. You know, you can't deny it. And I eventually said, God, why? Why is it so hard? You know, and, and people must have thought I was loony, but I just, I was past caring, you know, just my hands were going and I was speaking out loud and it, it wasn't an audible, audible voice. It, it wasn't nothing like it. I just had this peace come into my soul within an instant and I knew the answer and, the, and this was it. Because, Brett, it'll be easier for your son. At that moment, I knew exactly what he was talking about. My dad has grown up. He's had such a hard life. When I talk to my dad and hear about the things that went on, he doesn't share half of it. My, 
my, grandmother, my grandfather on my mother's side actually told me how my dad was treated and, and what life was like for him growing up. I understood straight away what my dad meant. Myself, my brother, and my sister have a fantastic life compared to my dad. And from that moment onwards, I'd never heard another voice, not another voice in my head telling me to give up. You know, the, this, this is what I want to encourage you with. Revelation 3.10 says, Because you have kept my commandment to persevere, I also will keep you from your hour of trial. What, what an amazing testimony. How can you take that and throw it down the drain? You know, David has had so many opportunities when he's been offended to walk away from his wife, his men that he trained up, from God, from the man of God that was in his life, you know, but he didn't. He chose to look to God. You know, David could have thought the worst of people. You know, Saul, I've tried, and you are bad. I'm not giving, you know, just get out of my life, you know. And, and any opportunity that David had to kill Saul, he didn't. He didn't. He just, he revered him, you know. And, and, and he never gave up. He pursued his relationship with Saul until the very end. When Saul and Jonathan and all the other family were, were killed, David sent messengers out all throughout Israel, and he said, go and find out if there is any remnant of Saul in this land. And he went and he took, there was one crippled man, he went and he took him, and he put him at his table, and he gave him double portions, and he, he just put somebody over and said, you will be treated like gold until the day you die. And he never broke his promise. You know, David, David is a mighty man of God, and I just want to be known as a man after God's own heart like David. And to look to somebody for love, to look to somebody for, for how they do things, the way they love, the way they get over offenses, you don't get better than in the Word. You know, in, in Revelations, just later on in 3.20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. He will dine with me and I will dine with him. You know, with every eye closed and every head bowed, I want to ask you tonight, if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an invitation tonight to come and to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You see, it's not about the person sitting next to you. You know, everybody here who is a Christian has had to make this decision. They've had to put up their hand and they've had to ask Jesus into their life. You know, for me, as I was standing there in the final months before I gave my heart to God, my life was a mess. It was like a big black hole. If you think of a tornado, you know, it had started at the very top. And as I got the offense, it began to spiral exponentially till it was a tiny little funnel at the bottom. And I was sucking up cows and houses and trucks and everything and spitting them out left, right, and center. And, you know, it's always a, a reminder of, of how my life changed with that sin. But, you know, you can have that hole filled. You can have your life redeemed. It can be changed. You know, when I, when I gave my heart to God, my life changed forever. I never, ever in my life believed that I would think I would be standing here now in front of you people had I not made that decision 12 years ago. So I want to invite you tonight. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to put up your hand. Come on, every eye closed and every head bowed. Put up your hand if you do not know Jesus. You know, asking Jesus into your life, there's nothing massive about it. All you've got to do 
is ask Him. You just got to open your heart. I once saw a picture of that verse of Scripture of Jesus knocking on the door. And He was knocking. And what was so evident about that picture was that the doorknob was on the inside. It wasn't on the side where Jesus was. It was on the inside. You have to change. You have to open the door. It's about your heart. Jesus never stops pursuing you. Jesus never stops pursuing you. Is there anybody here tonight? Father, I just want to thank you for the privilege of being a servant in your kingdom, for being a son. You have called us a son. You have called us sons and daughters. Lord, I thank you that your anointing goes to all the ends of the earth. Nobody has to go without your love. You are not a killjoy. You have created us to love and to enjoy, and you want to enjoy these things with us. So I release you tonight. I thank you for joining us, Lord. I thank you for your love. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. stand right now. Just lift your hand to the Lord right now. And listen, it's a very powerful message tonight. Choices you make, it's not what other people choose, it's what you choose determines where your life goes. Tonight you heard of choices that have changed Brett's life. The first choice to receive Jesus Christ. I feel there's someone here tonight you have not yet given your life to Jesus. You come here tonight, you're a long way from Him. But tonight, He's not so far from you. So you may be a person who's never become a Christian yet. You've never made that decision. What's stopping you? What's holding you back? Why don't you make that decision right now? A decision to receive Jesus. This is what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to make your way to the front and come and stand in front of me. And I will pray with you. If you've come with a friend tonight, they'll come up with you. If you brought a friend tonight and they don't know Jesus, do you want to just turn to them and ask them, would you like to come up the front to respond to Jesus, to open your life, to become a Christian? I'll come with you. If you brought someone tonight and they don't know Jesus, why don't you ask them right now and come up with them. This is the most important choice a person can make, a choice between life and death. Eternity starting for you now with God or going on without Him, struggling. What stops you, mate? Why don't you make that decision right now? You know you need to. Just come and make your way to the front. Why don't you do that right now? Come, friend, come. Come now. There may be someone else here tonight, and as Brett was talking, you know you're actually quite a long distance from the Lord. There are things going on in your life, and there's quite a gap. That gap is created by sin, created by issues. That's right. Do come up. To come up. God bless you. Just come and stand over here. Is there anyone else here tonight going to come and just respond to Jesus Christ? Maybe you need to come back to Him tonight. You know, you've gone a long way. Your prayer life's gone. There are issues in your life you need to address. Would you please come right now? Please come. Please come. Please come. God bless. There's others need to come. 
Look, I can feel it in my spirit tonight that God was speaking to many. Listen, there'll be some here tonight, you're holding offenses in your heart. Something's happened that's really hurt you. You're angry inside. Why don't you come up and say, God, tonight I'm making a decision to get over it. I'm going to get over this thing. I'm going to acknowledge it. You never get over anything you don't acknowledge. So please come. Do anyone else tonight just come? Harboring an offense, be knocked bad and misunderstanding and injustice. Say, God, I want to come tonight. Why don't you come tonight? When you make that decision tonight, just to come, please come. Come. Come right now. Come right now. Come right now. Don't let your heart, don't choose to let your heart be filled with grief and sorrow, pain of someone treating you wrong. Just say, God, tonight I want to put it right. I want to get over it. I want to move on with my life. I'm not going to stay in that offense. And here's how you can tell if you've got an offense. Because the moment you see that person or hear their name, your heart closes up and you draw back. That's how you know you've got something going on. Why don't you come right now? Would you do that? I'll just give you one more minute. One more minute to respond to what God's speaking to you about tonight. About offenses. About coming back near to Him. Spoke about believing the best in people. Letting go judgments and criticism. Why don't you come tonight? I know you need to. Just make that decision right now. God bless. God bless. There's others. Come, come, come. Great presence of God here. We just need to respond to Him. It's a, a choice and decision. To anyone else here, I know God loves you. I know He wants to help you. Like, young people, keep your eyes closed. Don't go looking around. Let me tell you what will happen when you look around. You'll be more concerned what your friend thinks than what God thinks. And right now you're in a special moment where you need to make a decision how you're going to respond to the Lord. Do it right now. Perhaps some of you have got offenses with a parent. Why don't you just come and put it right tonight? Just say, God, I'm going to deal with it. Would you do that? Would you do that tonight? Perhaps some of you are on the edge of giving up. You say, well, I'm just about to quit. Life's just gone so hard for me. You heard a great inspiring message tonight. Never give up. Never give up. Never give up. Perhaps a few tonight, you come forward too. We want to pray and, and minister to you. You come. That's right. Just come. Just come. Come on, there's others. Why don't you come? Don't let your pride hold you back. Lord, we just love you. We thank you. You believe in us. All right, then. I want everyone to close their eyes right now. And we're going to pray the sinner's prayer. Alex, this is just a prayer to receive Jesus. It's a prayer to receive Jesus. A prayer to open our heart to Him tonight. And this is all we're going to do. I want you just to listen to this prayer and be aware that as you speak, God is listening to you. In church, let's all pray the prayer together. And as we speak to God, determine in your heart, You'll just connect with Him. If I believe in my heart that Christ died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead, I will be saved. Okay, well, follow me in this prayer right now. Jesus, I open my heart to you. That's right, speak it out clearly. Jesus, I open my heart to you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for accepting me. Tonight I turn away from sin, living my life without you. I turn to you, the living God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins, that you rose again from the dead. So tonight I receive you as my Savior. 
Please forgive all of my sins and give me a fresh start. I give you my life tonight and I receive your spirit into my heart. I become a child of God tonight. Before heaven and earth I declare Jesus Christ is my Savior and Lord and my friend forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, I just thank you right now for people you've touched. Father, thank you for Alexi. Lord, we just pray right now for your presence just to touch his life. I thank you, Lord, you love him. Lord, pour your love into his heart tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, let him feel your peace. Hallelujah. God loves you, son. He loves you. Come up tonight to receive Jesus. All right, then now, those who come up for another area, we're going to get some people to come and just pray with you. And what you need to do is just acknowledge what it is that the issue is for prayer. I want to thank you for your courage in coming. And someone's going to stand with you and pray with you in just a moment. Are we ready? God bless you. He'll just share with you, give you a little gift. That's right. Come on, let's give a great clap tonight, shall we? Welcome to the Finger family of God. Okay, I need the pastor's bride. Come on up. Help us pray. Help us pray. Brian, come up and help us pray. Henrietta, come up and help us pray, please. We just need some of the leaders to come and help us with prayer. Amanda, would you come down? She would like to come with Amanda and help. Glenda, would you come up and be involved in prayer as well? Mark and Katrina, come up and pray too. Mark and Katrina, come up and pray. Just come up and minister to the people now. Hey, let's just flow into worship gently as we just pray for people right now. We want to thank you for coming tonight. If you have a need for prayer, please feel free to come and we'll pray for you.